My name is John Bradbury, and this is the Understanding Your Identity and Purpose podcast. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 14, Embracing Diversity. Before we get into it, I just want to mention two ways you can support the podcast. One is by sharing it, just sharing it on social media, or even better, just texting somebody that you believe would benefit from an episode. Just text them the link to the episode and share it. I've done that so many times with friends and family uh, with a specific topic, and I thought of them when, when I was listening to it, and it's always been beneficial. The other way to support is in the show notes at the bottom, there is a link and you can donate a one-time or a reoccurring donation. And that just allows me to spend the kind of time I need to produce this, produce these episodes. So if you find them helpful and you want to donate a dollar or a hundred or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the amount. Um, just uh, do that and that'll help us devote and focus on this and give it the attention that it needs. All right, episode 14, Embracing Diversity. And when you hear the word diversity, you may think of racial diversity or ethnic diversity or national diversity or, you know, whatever, a diversity of ideas. And, and I love that, and that is part of it, but, I, but what I'm talking about is a much uh, more inclusive, a deeper uh, definition of diversity I'm talking about the diversity that God built into the kingdom of God and into the design of the earth that allows us to to know if we're walking in truth and to and to grow into maturity. So the apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians he mentions the a diversity of gifts but one lord i believe this is in 1 Corinthians 12 and a diversity of manifestations but one spirit there's a, a diversity of members but one body and this is not an accident. This is a part of God's design. There's one God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit, and one body of Christ. And when you think of the body of Christ, that is the group of people on the earth that are in relationship with God, who become his dwelling place on the earth or the the way heaven comes to earth or the temple of God or the body of Christ. It is Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. It is the way 
the world, the world of form, the nations, the peoples, have are blessed. If you remember the covenant with Abraham, which we are, we have inherited through Jesus, is that he would be, he would start a family of people that would be blessed and they would know God. They would relate to him. They would have a covenant with him. They would uh, interact with him through the Spirit and they would then be in a blessing to all the families of the earth. So they would be a blessed family that was then a blessing to all the families of the earth. Well, that is, in the New Covenant, uh, the same concept, but no longer just a physical Jewish family, but a diverse group of people from all over the world who walk in that same covenant, who interact with the Holy Spirit, and God blesses the world through them. So a part of that design built into it is diversity. And we see, you know, in the in the list of giftings in the Bible, we see a fivefold ministry list in Ephesians 4. And there's an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, and an evangelist. And they all have a very diverse way of looking at the world. You know, the the apostle is a world changer. He's a leader or she. They are a big picture person. They care about people, but they care about groups of people. You know, a, a prophet cares mostly about God, about truth, about uh, relating to God. A, a teacher cares mostly about the word of God and and understanding and knowledge. The pastor cares about the people, but more, not so much the group, but the individual person. And the evangelist cares about people, but not so much the people that are in the church already, but those who have not yet come to know God. Those are very diverse, different way of looking at the, at the same thing. And it's designed by God like that on purpose so that the, every aspect is covered. And if we do not have the full diversity, if we have a, you know just one, and not the others, we miss so much of what God wants to do and we get narrow-minded and stuck in our ways. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the same is true for the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. What I was quoting earlier is Paul's talking about the, all the different ways the Holy Spirit uses individuals to encourage and build up other individuals. 
words of knowledge and prophecy and healing and words of wisdom and and tongues and interpretation of tongues and all the different revelation gifts and ministry gifts and his point was Paul's point was that there is an every individual can access all of those things in any given situation the holy spirit can use anyone but there tends to be one person has a stronger gifting in some of them and other people have a, a bent towards other ones on purpose so that everybody doesn't have the same strengths and weaknesses and everybody has a different way of looking at the at the world a different way of encouraging a different way of building up the body and god did that on purpose not giving everybody exactly the same measure of everything so that we need each other and we appreciate each other and there is a there is a, there's a greater unity and strength in diversity than there is in sameness or oneness if we all had exactly the same calling exactly the same gifts and exactly the same you know cultures it wouldn't be better it would be shallower there would be less maturity less growth less fruit less love in the world than there is when there's diversity now another listing of the gifts in the bible is romans chapter 12 and there's seven different gifts and these are kind of motivational gifts or ways of looking at the world uh, you could think of these more as personality gifts or something like that and again there's seven different ones and not every everybody has kind of a dominant way of looking at the world that is different than other people now you could you could go on and on and talk about the enneagram and the personality tests and all of that and you could talk about the endless ways that we are different and it is critical that we not resist those who are different than us that we don't judge those who are different than us that we don't form opinions and keep at arm's length those who are different than us it is critical that we embrace diversity that men embrace women as equals that women embrace men as equals and that we are both made in the image of god but given different strengths and weaknesses and different perspectives so that we need each other to grow one is not better than the other but they are different and that is really important that there are certain families that have giftings from god and they grow into cultures and some people have uh, a strength in uh, music and some people have a strength in writing and some people have a strength in science and we need each other 
This is how uh, a diverse marketplace develops. This is how nations become stronger. This is how cities are built. And I am just contending for you to see the not just the importance of diversity, but its critical nature. It's critical, critical nature. You cannot become who you are called to be without the rest of the body. When I say the rest of the body, I mean the rest of the, the giftings in your local fellowship of believers and in your city but also in your nation and in all of the nations of the world. God purposely created diversity so that we would all bear more fruit, feel, uh, embrace more love, uh, mature, and develop into who we're supposed to be. Think of it like a, a physical body. If now there's just multiple, multiple layers of this. But if in your local group, if say the church in your city, you are the finger you know, of the body, on your own, you are absolutely useless. You serve no function. A finger cut off in isolation from the body, not only does it die because it's not getting, it's not connected, the nervous system isn't connected, the tendons, the muscles aren't connected, the bones aren't connected, and the blood supply isn't connected, so the, the finger dies. But there's also a complete lack of usefulness. A finger serves no purpose out of context to the body. So I just want you to see this in the, in the sense of your calling. Everybody does have a different calling. There is uniqueness, but there is no unique identity. We are all members of one body, Paul said. He also used the analogy of a building or a temple, a house. You know, the roof is different from a door and a window and a floor and, you know, the plumbing and the electricity and the, the rooms and the walls. They are different. But a door without a wall is worthless. A door that goes nowhere. A floor without a ceiling is worthless. There is no benefit to one board in out of context with the rest of the boards and all the materials. And that is your life. You do have a unique calling, unique gifts, a unique perspective, a unique family history, a unique culture that you live in. And all of those things are great, but you do not have a unique identity. You only have an identity 
as part of the whole. It is your connection to God and your connection to others and your connection to the earth itself that tell you who you are. A finger only matters in context to the whole. And so does an eye, and so does an ear, and so is the hair, and so does the arm and the, the bones and the, all the different systems. They only matter in context to the whole. So embracing diversity means you actually get to fulfill your calling. But there's more than that. There's more than just fulfilling your function or role or multiplying your usefulness or your fruitfulness or your value. Like Fruitfulness only matters in the context of a marketplace, in the context of the whole. Fruitfulness only matters if there's somebody to value the fruit, eat the fruit, <laughs> use the fruit in different ways. It doesn't, fruit does no one any good unless there is a diverse marketplace where I grow apples, you grow oranges, and we trade. That is how, that is how um, value is added. That is how markets are, are raised up. That is how maturity and uh, diversity incorporates itself into our lives. But I want you to picture another way, another like a, a picture analogy of why this is so important, why diversity is so critical to your spiritual formation, your maturity or your growth or your fruitfulness. I want you to think of yourself as a fish in the water. Okay, fish, you know, are born, they're, they're born from eggs. They're, the eggs are laid in the water. The fish develop in the water. They have never existed outside of the water. Okay, they don't know there's land and they don't know there's air. They only know liquid. They only know either salt water or fresh water. They only know what they were born into. And that is very much like the culture and the environment and the time in history and the place that you were born into. You were born into a certain place, a, a, an area of land, a certain time in history, a certain family, a certain culture, meaning your national culture, the, your ethnic culture. And that is your water. You know, you grew up in a certain church that was probably a certain de denomination, or you grew up in a multiple churches, or you didn't grow up in church at all. And it, each of those is your water whether you grew up not in church at all or in a certain denomination or moving from place to place there's a certain culture a normality 
that develops in your brain when you're especially when you're young that forms your view of the world and it becomes so ingrained so normal that you can't see it anymore like a fish doesn't know that it's swimming in the water because it's always been swimming in the water it doesn't know there is anything else it can't see the water Now, just like that, you can't see your cultural biases without diversity. And here's what I mean. Now, this analogy breaks down pretty fast. But a fish can't see the water unless it allows someone to take it out of the water and view the water from the outside. If you took a fish out of the water and put it in the air and they could see like, oh, there's, there's, there's this environment that I grew up in that I am so used to that I don't even know it's there. And these are your, your cultural biases your societal biases, your doctrinal biases. If you grew up hearing certain teachings and seeing certain examples and watching certain advertising and reading certain books and your teachers and, and, and all of this combined to create normal for you, to create the water, but you don't know that you are being biased, you think you're right. <laughs> but everybody thinks they're right because they, were, they can't see the water. They, they're swimming in it. They're totally immersed in this way of thinking these opinions and preferences and judgments and beliefs that they have adopted, that they have believed so long, they have become habitual and they can't see that they're there. Now, this happens to me, it happens to everybody. And the only way you can mature, grow, develop, is to get out of the water occasionally so that you can see your biases, see your belief systems from a different perspective. How do you do it? How do you do it? Now, you have to embrace diversity, meaning you have to listen to people that are completely not like you, meaning they don't believe what you believe. Now, if you are identify as a Christian, that might mean listening to people who are not Christian. If you identify with a certain race, that would be hanging out with people that are not your race. If you identify with a certain country or a part of a country, 
That would be go to a different place that is radically different, significantly different from your place so that you can see your place with objectivity, so that you can see it from the outside. If you identify with a certain social class, like you were poor growing up or rich or middle class, go be with people of a completely different class. If you grew up in a certain denomination at church, it would be finding teachers from different denominations and listening to them on purpose. Diversity is purposely challenging your belief system all of the time, all of the time, in every season of your life, purposely challenging your beliefs, your biases, your your preferences, your opinions, not to change them all, but to view them with more objectivity. You may never get to completely objective. I don't know if we ever any of us can, but constantly challenging your beliefs and your opinions and your normal way of looking at things to see if it can be improved, to see if it can be changed, to see if it can grow. I call this seeing the water. If you can embrace diversity, and I don't mean embrace it when it happens to come to you. I mean go and get it. Purposely go to a different city, a different country, and spend time there, not judging it, but observing it, absorbing it, feeling the difference. Purposely find friends that are not your gender and don't make them like you. Actually listen to them with uh, value for their opinion. Purposely. It doesn't mean there is no absolute truth. Okay, This is not tolerance in the sense that there's no God and there's no right and there's no wrong and there's no heaven and there's no hell and there's no absolute truth. There is absolute truth, but you don't get to decide it. God does. God decides what's true and not true, what's right and what's wrong. And that right and wrong has nothing to do with your personal opinions, your ego, your judgments, your culture, your beliefs, Nothing to do with it. Your beliefs don't have anything to do with what is right and wrong. In fact, you don't, you don't get to decide what is right and wrong. God has a design and righteousness and truth, and those are up to him, not up to you. You can discover them. You can agree with them. You can humble yourself in the face of them. You can align your life with them, but you can't own them. 
You do not get to control them. Righteousness and truth and love and design are the domain of God. You can only submit to them. You cannot control them. You cannot own them. What most of us feel if we if we're the fish in the water this never we've never been out of our state we've never been to a different kind of church we've never had a friend of a different ethnicity we've never you know we've never been challenged significantly challenged in our way of looking at things we get narrow-minded shallow and we start to believe that our opinions are truth. Now, this is equally true for Christians as it is for any other religion. It's equally true for every nationality, every, every ethnic group, every racial group, every city. If you don't embrace diversity, meaning you seek it out, you purposely challenge your belief systems and your opinions to, to know to, to know if you're right or not. If you don't seek it out, you get this um, comfort zone. You build a comfort zone that is incredibly small and not diverse. Why does this matter? It matters for all the reasons we already said, but I want to give you another word picture to see why it matters. And I, and I learned this watching a documentary film called The Biggest Little Farm. It's a great little movie. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. The, the way we do agriculture in the Western world, probably almost all of the world now, is industrial. We do industrial agriculture or monocropping. We pick a large plot of land and we remove all of the diversity. I'll just use America as an example. Um... America has a very fertile section of the country in the Midwest that was a prairie land, and there was all kind of animals, especially bison or buffalo and elk and all kind of animals that roam this area that are native to it. And there's these incredible diversity of tall grasses that grew there and this rich soil. And what we did is we came and we stole that land from the Native Americans. We killed all the buffalo, just about, 99% of them. We removed all the tall grasses. We fenced off areas for cattle because they're more controllable than buffalo. And we took huge swaths of land and we grew wheat and corn 
and soybeans and sugar beets and in some cases sunflower and various crops that can be grown in mass and harvested by machinery. So in order to make this more profitable, we genetically modify the seeds. We till the soil every time we plant with tractors. We only grow one crop in one field. And we spray uh, those genetically modified seeds with weed killer, but because they've been modified not to die from the weed killer, it just kills the other plants and every other weed, every other green thing is killed and the corn is left. And we, we enrich the soil with fertilizer and we artificially uh, irrigate. And what we end up with is miles and miles of corn. And we use that corn, you know, to feed cattle and feed sheep and pigs. And we use that corn to make corn syrup and ethanol and all kind of processed foods. And we build almost an entire agricultural system around about five crops that can be grown this way. And we just completely remove animal and plant diversity from an area in order to increase profits. Now, what does that do? Over time, the soil gets depleted and it gets worse and worse and worse, meaning it will produce less yield and is subject to more disease. And so what we do is we have to use more and more artificial fertilizer in order to get the same yield, which produces a, a cycle of the soil getting less fertile every year. So eventually the soil is so useless that we can't plant there anymore and we have to go somewhere else. What it also does is it creates a huge swaths of just open dirt so that if there is heavy rains, it washes away the topsoil into the rivers and the creeks and eventually into the ocean, um, polluting both the rivers and polluting the waterways, but also removing the topsoil that we need. The soil gets... Um, more and more depleted. It gets harder. It it can't be worked without a tractor, and it get the the impact on the environment, on the air quality, on the food quality, and on the people uh, who are eating all these processed foods. You know. The meat is processed because it's fed these processed grains. 
the the grains themselves are processed and they're made into chips and crackers and all kind of things that are not real food and what we've done is destroyed the animal life the plant life the soil the waterways the air quality the health of the people and all so that we can have more profit per acre. We think we're doing the world a favor by the lack of diversity. But we're, we're not accepting God's design. We're re- resisting His design. And we are gradually destroying the land and depleting the soil and ruining uh, people's health. And not even to mention the, the health of the animals. And the insects and birds and everything. The whole ecosystem is destroyed by a lack of diversity. So now there is a movement, it's still a small movement, there's, but it's, it is a movement of, called regenerative farming. And long story short, it is the reintroduction of diversity, diversity of plants, a diversity of animals, a diversity of pests, and other animals that eat those pests until there is a restored balance and the health of the soil and the health of the people and the health of the environment all improve because little by little we add diversity challenging the status quo basically creating problems diversity creates problems until a solution makes itself clear and then we create another problem until a solution arises and we create another problem we keep challenging the way things are until the whole loop is closed and we have an ecosystem that is all aligned with the design of God now what does this do? It improves the soil. It improves people's health. It improves uh, the ecosystem, the animals and the, the bugs and the plants and everything. It, it, it decreases runoff. It decreases carbon emissions. It traps carbon into the soil. It does just it increases the, the, both the fruitfulness and the nutritional value of food, um, everything you could think of, it even brings people together into a local, regional community. Everything that you could think of that is improved wholeness and health, it benefits from diversity. This is how our lives are. We are the fish in the water that can't see the water. We are the soil, 
or the or the land our bodies are like that garden that benefit tremendously from diversity but it because we are conscious beings and we have free will and we have choice we cannot wait for it to come to us we have to go to it meaning we have to purposely challenge our own belief systems by going after um, people that don't think like us look like us talk like us by by going to different places reading different books embracing um, embracing different ideas never ever ever um, falling into the trap of that there is no right and wrong there is no absolute truth but never also equating our opinions and judgments and preferences and normal society ideas with that truth God defines the truth and we discover it we align ourselves with it what this does it it gives you a bigger perspective it allows you to change your mind it allows you to grow it allows you to tell the difference between truth and opinion it allows you to let go of your ego and it it creates a cycle of health a cycle of growth a cycle of fruitfulness a cycle of regeneration diversity creates this cycle of regeneration where you play a valuable role in a bigger ecosystem you play a vital part of a bigger body and you don't get so narrow-minded and so identified with your opinions and preferences that you think they're truth which creates shallowness and in a gradual lack of health the, the opposite of health and wholeness monocropping your life meaning staying in the same place hanging around the same people listening to the same teachers with this the same color skin the same gender the same ideas that is the definition of unhealthy sameness it's like an entire body made out of fingers <laughs> it is completely unhealthy and useless because they don't support each other like the members don't support each other they all look alike think alike act alike talk alike and of are of no value to each other so what do you do purposely watch a different news channel <laughs> or stop watching the news altogether find teachers that irritate you hang out with people that scare you 
Read books that you don't agree with. Go to different countries and climates and cities and regions. Open yourself up. Challenge your belief system. Don't be afraid of finding out something you don't want to find out. Just open yourself up to the possibility that your opinion and your culture and your biases and your beliefs are wrong. They may not be wrong. You may you may already believe the truth in some areas, but be willing to be challenged. Be willing to get out of your comfort zone Find some diversity and embrace that diversity to challenge your way of seeing the world so that you can both fulfill your function in the greater body and grow into a healthy, whole, mature, useful, fruitful person. This is critical. This podcast is all about understanding your identity and purpose and calling. And I just want you to see that you do not have a unique identity. You have an, you are a part of a whole. Without the whole, you have no, the part is meaningless. You do have a unique calling. But it only matters in the context of the whole. And you cannot fulfill that calling fully without diversity. Because you will remain shallow and surface and unhealthy. It's time to embrace diversity. Not when it falls in your lap, but to purposely go after it. Find the, the, the in social media accounts where people don't look like you. Listen to the teachers and the reporters and the influencers that irritate you or that you don't agree with. Purposely push back against the algorithm of life. <laughs> You know, that we have the big discussion now about YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all of the social channels that are run by an algorithm. They just tell you what you want to hear. They just give you more of what you've already liked. Purposely push that back. Push it back. Push against the algorithm that wants to just tell you what you already know. If you identify... With Republicans, purposely listen to Democrats. Not with judgment, but with an open mind. You know, and vice versa. If you, dem- if you identify with Democrat, purposely listen to Republicans with an open mind. If you feel like you're conservative, listen to liberals. If you feel liberal, listen to conservative. If you identify with Christian, Listen to Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims. If you identify with a certain region or area, travel. Go see somewhere else. 
You will not lose the truth. You will find it. You will find it. You will, you will face challenges, create problems, but then there will be solutions to those problems and answers to those challenges. And over time, this may take months and years, over time, you will find the absolute truths. You will embrace love as a value. Love meaning what is good for me is good for you. You will embrace righteousness as a value, meaning the one right action for each situation that has no compromise in it. No compromise. You will embrace presence as a value. You will be able to gather around a group of people, not because you all agree, but because you equally value the presence of God. So that your, your families, your groups, your gatherings will be about the presence of God and love. And you'll be able to grow and mature and play your role and function in the body, adding more and more value with time instead of less and less. You'll get healthier, you'll get more mature, and you'll fulfill your calling on the earth. All right, guys, I hope this is helpful. This is radically changing my life over the last few years. Just finding ways to diversify, finding ways to challenge my own opinions, to see, to, to see the water that I'm swimming in. I, I challenge you to do the same. Embrace diversity. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. Embrace it. Go after it. Find it for yourself. And you will, you will feel the challenge. You will feel the irritation. You will, feel, you will see the problem it causes. But over time, over the course of five or seven or ten years, you will be so much better off, so much healthier, so much deeper, so much more useful in society, so much more available and fruitful to God. All right, you guys have a great day. God bless you.